Hello and welcome yet again to another highly anticipated episode of Saul's Talk. We have a great show for you tonight, Charlie is here. I hope this episode goes over well it was a lot of work. Johnny and Charlie each had a full page of notes prepared in advance and Johnny printed several things out. Truly embarrassing, guys. Let's see if it was worth it. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back yet again with another episode on the other line. It's Charlie Yorty. How you doing, buddy? Good. How's it going, Johnny? Oh, pretty good. Going to jump right into it. Yeah. Eat anything good lately? I have so many things to say about oh, this. Oh, I'd love to hear that. I need to calm myself down for a second. <laughs> this one is a general thing that I've been doing. And I, I thought some people might get excited because I've heard all this vegetarian bullshit on the last couple pods. I've been trying to eat more vegetables. So not vegetarian, but trying to plant-base my diet a little bit more. And I've incorporated a lot of chickpeas, black beans, kidney beans. I've been trying to put cucumber in like everything I eat because it just, there's a, you can put a lot of it in there. Um, and I'm pretty I'll proud of myself. Let me jump in for one second. I have seen some videos on the internet, and you're not kidding when you say you can put a lot of that cucumber in there. Mm-hmm. Was that worth mm-hmm. it? Was that good enough to stop and go back for? Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Excellent. I think you should edit out everything except that joke <laughs> so far. Best wishes in the intervening days. Hey, that's a great <laughs> podcast. Uh completely different thing though that because that was lame the no, actual that wasn't thing lame that I at ate... all. Wait, if that's your first thing let's talk about that a little bit more um well i need tips from all these vegetarians well, and shit uh, every, every is... single person on this podcast is a vegetarian it seems like i don't think i think we overstate the extent to which anyone on this podcast is a vegetarian but i think everyone especially uh well-meaning liberal men are like you know what? I eat too much fucking meat, both for the, my health and the Earth's mm-hmm. health. And so this, liberal this is men. Thing, this is, I've heard that liberal men like to eat a lot of meat. We're all becoming soy boys is, is the, the real answer here. But uh, it, it, I, I think it's very <laughs> legit that it, it's, it's much better to eat less. And I will say that since becoming a vegetarian, chickpeas have been a huge thing that have changed it. Like I previously really liked eating black beans and I'd find and I, like I worked that in a lot of stuff. I never eat any chickpeas. I made a uh, chickpea stew last night. I'm going to have uh, leftovers of it tonight for dinner. It's fantastic. Chickpeas, I mean, like so many different things. You just start off with like kind of just drain it or rinse your chickpeas, roast them in there, then use that, whatever else you're making. Really good stuff. So I, I think you're off to a, a great start with that. I have a spiralizer. I spiralized up a bunch of zucchini and then put that with chickpeas and like, sprayed it down with almond oil and salt and just put it in the oven at like 450 for 15 mm-hmm. minutes. Got it kind of crispy. That's pretty good. I, I do not own one. I believe last year at our big draft event, I want to say Matt Schmidt 
was like, you got to get a spiralizer if you're not eating that meat. It's such an easy way to get those veggies in. I still haven't done it, but I mean, I, I no offense to Matt, but now that you mentioned it, I kind of am seriously considering it. It sounds good. It's fun. Uh, I will say that I know that you have a history of doing this, so it would be it would be very easy to cut your fingers with it. So Ooh, that I don't like a, that. Uh, it shouldn't be easy unless you're dumb. So I cut my finger with it because I was super dumb. If you're not dumb, it's probably not unsafe at all. But I saw some of the zucchini stuck in where the blade is. And I was like, I'll just go ahead and get that zucchini out. Just brush it right straight down along where it's stuck. That's where the blade is. So I cut my finger open with it. So don't do that. I feel like I am more prone than the average person to shit. I cut my finger. Shit, I cut my hand much more than I would like to be. Mm-hmm. But you have to take chances. Life is about taking chances. And if you want to eat a fucking curly uh, piece of green, then you're going to have to take some chances. I think uh, it's a very privileged thing if we can say that we feel like we're chance takers because we're willing to spiralize zucchinis in our kitchens. Uh, when I said uh, curly piece of and then I kind of trailed off, I was looking for a zucchini and my brain was like, you got this. Say Zimbabwe. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no, don't say Zimbabwe. Uh, think of another thing you might put in a spiralizer. And then I said a green thing, which was just as good in a lot of ways. Um <laughs> Okay, uh, so it sounds like you're enjoying the spiralizer. I'm very glad to hear. Where did you acquire that? Uh, Amazon. But I heard about it on the Urban Vegetarian, which I was watching on a TV channel I used to get. I don't know if you know about that. It's a it's just a real uh, real chill vegetarian cooking show. I've definitely heard of this. I can't think of where, but it sounds very familiar. I like it. It sounds good. The lady's real sassy and real flirty, just working – I'm making some smoothies in the morning and then some spiralized zucchini and whatever. You just, you'd be surprised how many meals you can just eat a bunch of vegetables and say that wasn't so bad. Yeah. And, you know, watch Girlfriend Simulator 2019 on my TV. <laughs> There's really no, no need to leave the house once you've got all this. Mm-hmm. But um, so the veggie stuff is like my direction I'm moving. But the thing I actually ate that was good lately was a super meat pizza at a place called Lost Dog Cafe around here that donates a lot of their proceeds. I don't know how much, but a certain amount of their proceeds to like animal shelters. I hardly ever go there, but a a friend of mine really wanted to go there the other night. So we went and got really, really good like meat forward pizza. So the super meat pizza, what are the meats? So that's not really what it's called, but they have like 30 different kinds of pizza, and I forget what this one was called. Some of them have like dog puns and stuff. I think this one might have just been called like Italian pizza, though. And I think it had like garlic, onion, like Genoa salami, pepperoni, and mm, something else. I don't, I don't think it was sausage, but it, it might have been. I forget what it was. It was it was mostly spicy, like they were all meats that had been heavily like kicked up a notch. Um, but I don't know. I I like eating pizza a lot, and this was actually a particularly good one. And I would be hard on it if it wasn't. Uh, were the 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 pepperonis the little ones that get all curly? Uh, they were like big flat pieces. Although I maybe now that I'm thinking about it, I couldn't tell because it also had Genoa salami on it. They did a lot of, like, the cheese was on top of the toppings mm-hmm. sort of thing, where just little bits of things were sticking out. 
I think that's usually a good move. I like it when the 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 toppings are more like into the pizza, and it's not just like you're going to eat a green pepper, but then it falls off on its way up to your yeah. mouth. It's it's in there. I like that better. Yeah, I do too. When I, when I was a kid, I definitely thought that like the best pizza in the world was a Pizza Hut meat lovers pizza. Mm, which I good. had like sausage and pepperoni and I want to say like Canadian bacon and maybe just bacon was the four. I know there were, I want to say there were four meats mm-hmm. and that was the last one. But then like, I would say something, I was probably like 30, which is, I want to say like 10 years ago now, I think Yeah, I had one of those again and there's so much stuff on it. It was unbelievable. I couldn't believe really? how many toppings on it. I considered it like impossible to eat without like shaking it so that some of the sauce would fall off. <laughs> I couldn't believe how many I've never had a pizza with so many toppings. Except for I used to have this all the time, I guess. Yeah. I don't need that many toppings on a pizza. Well they do they, these places do tweak their menus. Like uh you know the the loss of the grilled stuffed burrito was mourned in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And that was news to me. Uh, not that I obviously I haven't gone to try to get a grilled stuffed burrito in a while, but I remember getting that shit like once a week in college. I guess that's just a blind spot for me with uh, Taco Bell is that the grilled stuffed burrito was never my thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I after the discussion, I, I googled it and saw that people were like talking about attempts to put it together with the still existing ingredients, but there's just this sauce that you just can't. It's not on anything else, and they just don't have it. So even if you custom everything, you're not getting a, a true grown stuffed burrito. It's probably one of the sauces they still have, but, like, rotten. <laughs> you just have to, like, get some and set it out in the sun. <laughs> so you have to really get on that app and know how to use it and be like, I'm coming by tomorrow, so start getting that fire sauce ready for me. Yeah. Charlie, do you have anything else good that you've eaten lately? It is it is a transitionable moment, if we can transition. Well, if we're going to transition, perhaps I should ask you a slightly different question. Yeah. Charlie, what sauce are you bringing to the table this week? So when my folks visited for my birthday, which is also the Super Bowl, by the way. Exciting. And Groundhog Day. Sorry for bragging, but I... <laughs> I am the nexus of all things. <laughs> I made this smoked chuck roast in my smoker out back and then made this humongous pot of this barbecue sauce from scratch, which I've never done before. I've never made a barbecue sauce from scratch ever. And after taking out the chuck roast, it had been just burned to perfection with my attempt to slow cook it. Like, it was fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the the out the most outer part uh-huh. of it was the inside was okay, uh, and then I dumped it into this like I you know I shredded it with forks and dumped it into this barbecue sauce and this barbecue sauce was dope. I just let it sit in there for like half an hour and then we made sandwiches with it with coleslaw toppings on rolls. Oh. It was pretty good. Um, I don't have the recipe or anything anymore. I could I'd have to look it up. I basically just Googled it. I want to say it had like 15 different ingredients. Wow. It had like ketchup, mustard, brown sugar, honey, which was supposed to be maple syrup. I substituted honey. 
apple cider vinegar, Worcestershire sauce, A1 sauce, maybe soy sauce, um, salt, pepper, I think a couple other spices, cayenne pepper. It had tons of crazy shit in it. Oh, and bourbon. That's what it was. Now I, I'll, <laughs> Let me write that down. I'll be able to find it better now that I remembered that part. It was a bourbon smoked barbecue beef sandwiches. I, I mean, I read that when I was Googling what to make in my slow cooker, and I was like, oh, I'm going to make that. I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to find a way. Yeah, that sauce was really good. I, I would, you know, once I get the recipe, if anybody in, interested in it, like you could put it on anything. It would be great. It sounds fantastic. It also sounds very similar. We've talked in the past about potentially how, how most weeks when we have a new sauce on this podcast, uh, we are all very excited to, you know, there's a recipe we can get and everybody can make it. And we're like, well, maybe we could put together a list of all of them. But also, at some point, we should combine all of the sauces. You've kind of already done that here. You've, you've said that, like, it's a great head start with, like, well, I just took six great sauces and bourbon, which is kind of a sauce if you're doing it right. If when you like your sauced. cereal the good way. Yeah. Um, then, uh, and you just, just dump it all in there, add a bunch of spices, make it so it's a barbecue sauce. It's no shit that it's fucking great. Yeah. Sounds really good. I think this episode title is going to be uh, episode 71, I want to say. That's fe- right. Featuring uh, Charlie and Charlie's special barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. And that's what we'll call it. That sounds great. Charlie's special barbecue sauce. I'll make a note here. That's pretty on the nose. Do you have another name you'd like for it better? No. I, I think that's what it is. I think it's your special barbecue sauce. Okay, now, Charlie, I understand that you wanted to do a, a quick segment here towards the top where you hit me with some truth. I'm ready accurate? to hit you with – I'm going to hit you with a little bit of truth. Okay, let's do it. So I, I very much enjoyed that the last two episodes were consecutive features of Sauce Wags, I want to call them, the wives and girlfriends of the original Sauce crew from the Fantasy Football League. I was impressed that the Sauce Wags told so many – true things first gina told the truth against all of your protests that restaurant ranch dressing is so much better than bottled ranch dressing and she had all the correct things that you should eat ranch dressing with which are fries chicken strips and carrots and for some reason you thought that eating it eating ranch dressing with crackers is better and that uh rest like chain restaurant ranch dressing is not clearly better I was going to spike my cell phone into the pavement <laughs> while I was listening to that when you were denying the truth. It was it was outrageous to me. Uh, and then, uh, well, I wanted to find out what kind of soups Margaret made that were good, but I think you accurately said that it was frustrating that when she announced that she had made lots and lots of really good soups but literally couldn't tell you even what they were, let alone how to make them, that <laughs> it was a little bit like doing a like veterans uh interview with a veteran who like now lives at a homeless shelter and it seems like they have lots of good stories to tell you but they can't remember them because they're they've gone insane um but i guess the bigger truth that i wanted to hit back with was a couple of really specious things that you said during those episodes you gina let you get away with shilling for a stitcher premium uh podcast real hard that was clearly a naked attempt to get a grocery podcast to pick you up and for Sauce Talk to ride the grocery podcast into, like, 
the five-star strata of iTunes podcast ratings, which I'm curious how that's going. And then when you were talking to Margaret, you she let you get away with trying to describe this as a news outlet. <laughs> this podcast <laughs> is a news outlet more than an entertainment podcast. So you're trying to false brand this podcast and get it just straight up chilled onto the coattails of the grocery podcast, which I don't even know what that is, but I'm assuming it's, you said it's some like famous people. So I, I think that you need to respond to your, your loyal listeners with some explanations. I'm going to respond to your most serious allegation first. And I just have to say that all I have is like my own perception of reality and restaurant ranch is not better than the ranch you have at your house. I don't understand. I think restaurant ranch. Now, I guess I should know. We did the ranch taste off, and I thought most of the ranches sucked. That's not <laughs> well, a good point gonna, in my favor. I, w- I sorry. I don't want to derail you because I want to hear all of your responses. But I super was on board with that. I am a huge ranch dressing person too. And I am so often underwhelmed by ranch dressing that you can buy at the store that it's often it doesn't seem worth it to buy a whole bottle of something when I'm like 50% sure I'm not going to like it that much. If I could buy like whatever 55-gallon drum of the trashiest ranch ever <laughs> at like Applebee's though, I would fucking buy that shit and just have it forever. I Applebee's like is – very much what I am thinking. I'm thinking of like a ranch from Applebee's or Chili's. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. And so you just are straightforward. No, that is way better. Oh, it's like slightly watery and it's so covered in whatever the seasoning is, which is probably all it is. is some kind of like addictive, like hyper palatable seasoning that they just dump so much of that crap into the mix for that stuff. I guess I, I I will say I think man I have been listening to some of the more recent episodes back because I had kind of fallen off on that. Here's a, a fun game for anybody out there listening. Boy, do I say I will say and I feel like a lot. I can't get into anything without. I will say like it's useless. I'm already saying it. I have no need to say I will say or I feel like. So I had a. Mental note, I was going to try to avoid that this time. So I called it out right there. Now I won't do it again. In my opinion, to use a different useless phrase, mm-hmm. Gina kind of sprung the restaurant ranch thing on me. I hadn't considered it in advance. I still don't really think that I am more excited for it. But maybe that is the difference. Like if you're thinking about you made some, you got some frozen chicken strips, you're pulling out of the oven, or you're at Applebee's, and let's be real. Do you think those? Do you think they're hand breading those things in the back? I sure don't. I think those are frozen chicken strips. Charlie did a shocked face. I wish you guys had seen it. But uh, I, I, it's the same experience, and so maybe that ranch is what makes up the whole difference. Also, I think a huge point in restaurant ranch's favor is they give you outrageous portions. Yes. And so maybe that's a huge part of it. It's just that you feel no need to ever hold back. Whereas at home, you're like, it's like dollar eighty five worth of ranch right there. I better stop it. That's enough, John. Then, <laughs> but at the Applebee's, you're just sloshing it everywhere, and it's flying onto the guy at the next table. And you don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. 
I don't. Maybe I need to. You know, I I don't eat at a lot of uh, these restaurants as much as I used to. Maybe I need to make my way out to who. So who would who would you say is the most epitomizes restaurant ranch? Uh, I wish I could say I. I just kind of have the same feeling that there's like this slightly watery compared to like. You know, you're talking about like Ken's, right? Mm-hmm. Those like premium or whatever, the the more upscale, not the store brand dressings, but like the name brand dressings. It seems like they're a little gloppier, I want to say. That's a real word. You can check in with Pat Polk on that. <laughs> but uh, the restaurant one, it comes out in like a little dish. Uh, you know what? The, the ranch dressing at uh, Chewy's Mexican restaurant, do you have that up there? Is that now? We have a restaurant called Chevy's. Is that the same yeah, as Chewy's? Good enough. They, they are completely different. Both real chain Mexican restaurants. <laughs> same ranch dressing at both of those places. So go get that. Dunk some tortilla chips in there. I was just say, what are they serving with ranch dressing at the Mexican restaurant, though? I used to get the uh, steak taco salad at oh. at Chevy's, and they would give you ranch dressing with that to go in addition to the sour cream that's already on it because. You don't have enough highly caloric dairy-based thing yet. <laughs> uh, but I, I honestly, I thought I've thought a lot about this, Johnny. I've had a lot of self-reflection, and uh, and I think that some of it might be that the dressing I take out of my fridge is cold, and it doesn't taste as good as the dressing they give you at this restaurant. And so I've decided that I am going to live my own truth. And I am going to play the most dangerous game. I just opened a brand new bottle of ranch dressing this evening when it, for the salad I ate. And I put it right back on the kitchen counter. And that's where it's going to stay as I go through this personal odyssey of seeing whether or not I get horribly, horribly sick from room temperature ranch dressing at home. I've had great success with leaving the ranch out. Have you? So this isn't even a big deal? I've never well, done this before. it depends on who you ask. I mean, most notably, when I lived with, Your Bill, doctor. And Dylan, <laughs> when I lived with Bill and Dylan during law school, uh, there was a time when I just left the ranch dressing out. And then Bill and Dylan were like, you can't do that. It has like eggs and dairy or whatever in it. You have to keep it in the fridge. And I was like, that doesn't affect me. I don't care. And I just continued to eat it. And nothing bad happened. Uh, Dylan, I believe even somewhat recently, kind of made an allusion to this and has mm. just appears to still be horrified like 10 years later. I was fine. I haven't made a habit of it. I think you're probably right that that's part of why it's better. I think you want, you know what you're going to want when you get that, that whatever it is, whether it's a salad or something you're dipping into, something fried you're dipping in there, you're going to want that hot ranch. Yeah. And you got, once you want that hot ranch, you got to get it. Mm-hmm. And if somebody tries to deprive you, you don't take no for an answer. You get the hot range. Mm-hmm. I, I I hope everybody's okay with that. Um, I also think that I really do am reevaluating the restaurant ranch thing. Because I'll tell you, you're not the first, like Gina and I talked about this. You're not the first person to reach out to me and say, by the way, Gina's dead right. Yeah. Restaurant ranch is special. And so maybe this is serving as something of a quasi-intervention. And like maybe it's not even necessarily so planned, but people are 
you know, the universe has its own ways and it's, people are coming into my life to tell me. Restaurant Ranch is a special thing and uh, Ken's, fine, but it's not Restaurant Ranch. I have to think about how to organize the restaurant ranch taste off, but there's got to be some way to do it. I need some I know how, ranch. I'll tell you how we do it. I come up to Minnesota and we go to like seven restaurants in one afternoon <laughs> and we eat ranch dressing at every single one of them. Yeah, right. Honestly, I guess if you just went to a, one restaurant after the other and, and just ordered a large basket of fries over and over again, and Gino come with us, so the three of us can just take that down, it'd be no problem, and then walk out. And you drink two beers at each place. I mean, that's a hell of a day. I literally was about to joke that we would need to drink two beers per <laughs> place. And I thought it was too ridiculous to say. And then you said it because, once again, it's time for us to live our truth and go on this dangerous journey. We have to speak this reality into existence. And I think we might have just done it. That's seven baskets of fries, seven giant soup bowls of ranch dressing, and 14 beers per person. <laughs> Yes, I will have the 22-ounce beer. Thank you. <laughs> that costs, like, more than double, right? Okay, I want it. <laughs> yeah. If it's, like, a deal, I won't mess with that. Yeah. Um, well, oh, the other thing I think you said, that first, the groceries podcast is great, and also they should be so lucky as to pull me on board. As I'm open to either special sauce correspondent, I would take. That would be fine. They could say, like, and now here with the report from the sauces, since it's Johnny Orr, probably a better idea, but you guys can let me know. Uh, spinoff podcast, just on their network, and the premium one, so I get paid. And uh, just talking about sauces, and then maybe I could also do a segment on theirs where they were like, hey, we saw a new sauce at the grocery store, is it good? And then I can just act like I've had it. I can't believe I called you out for shilling for this podcast. And then your hit back was to more concretely shill <laughs> bit ideas for how you should get on their actual podcast. They are – I mean they, they, their podcast isn't huge, but I think they have more than – let me check my notes from the last episode – more than 10 listeners. <laughs> uh, and this is – I mean this is their spinoff podcast. They have a regular podcast with many more listeners. Yeah. In fact, this was big enough that it very briefly had – it's one of the many podcasts that have attempted to transition into a TV program on a minor nothing network. And oh, really? I, I never saw the show. I think it did like six episodes and nobody watched it and went away. Uh -huh. But so it, it's a prominent enough thing that uh, they don't they don't need me shill inform. They certainly wouldn't reach out to me. But if they wanted to reach out to me and again propose that I get my own spinoff podcast, yeah. It sounds like a real win, well, win, 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 because also the listeners. I mean, oh, my goodness. Now I know why you managed to announce your email address again in the full <laughs> last episode. I should probably stop doing that. But given the number of emails that are not for me that I get anyway, it's, it's probably not a huge concern. Um, are there any? Oh, you also said this isn't a news outlet. I think <laughs> you're going to refute that now. Well, what is news really? That is a, that's great an open question. question. Yeah, <laughs> is this like Pontius Pilate? <laughs> um, it's not like Pontius Pilate. It's like here's here's the look at here's the deal. There's so much bad stuff going on in the world. 
Yes. Don't you wish there was one place you could turn and just get the latest news about sauces? Yes. But instead, just me talking about sauces and not even the latest news? Well, one segment of this podcast a week is that. And what is that if not news? I mean, I came here for sauces and I got like 10 minutes of shilling for a gro- full grocery store of podcasts. It's a good I, po- wanna... I, I think you'd like it. But again, the Stitch Premium aspect is truly uh, an unovercomable. <laughs> I, I don't know how to. I, can't, I cannot conceive of someone listening to this based on my recommendation unless you already had Stitcher Premium. How much is Stitcher Premium? Uh, I, the list price or the sticker price or whatever, I want to say is like $40 a year. But they have discounts. All I don't think I've ever paid more than twenty dollars a year. That's really, really not very much. Yeah, but uh, you have to like watch for the deals and stuff. But there's always stuff, and there's there's quite a few things on it that I like. And like I had already I already had it when the groceries podcast started. I did not subscribe in order to get the groceries podcast. But uh, I mean, I've been paying twenty dollars an episode to listen to this podcast. I wish that were fucking true. I it is. Not- I- I keep sending my credit card number to this guy named Johnny Rodriguez who keeps emailing me. Johnny Rodriguez? I fucking hate that guy so much. you got to stop talking to that guy. He sends your money to me. He made he me order him a pizza. He's johnnyr at gmail.com, but he's not. He made me order him a pizza. He said it was for, <laughs> for podcasting fuel. He explained what kind of pizza he liked. He wanted six times the normal amount of jalapeno <laughs> peppers and no crust. <laughs> so it was just I guess it was just a box of jalapeno peppers. <laughs> I wish that would happen again. Like there I think that might be one of my favorite things that has happened on the podcast. Was just talking about what was on that pizza. That was the weirdest thing I ever heard. Don't want buffalo sauce on a pizza. And if you do, why didn't you put ranch on it? Mate, well, you know what it is? He didn't want ranch from a restaurant. He's like, I got yeah. plenty of ranch here. Why would that's, I get gross, hot restaurant ranch? That's how you know nice he's not a real cold. person. <laughs> that's how you know it's a prank, because nobody would ever make that decision. Somebody made it once. I don't know why they would. <laughs> I really liked Margaret's uh, speculation that it was just a very sad, lonely, and hungry man <laughs> who was trying to feed him and his dog. <laughs> 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 it it's it makes a lot of sense like if you're really like i am much more interested in making up lies and thinking of stupid things but if you're really trying to answer the question you're assuming no ill intent that's probably the answer right that's probably what yeah. it is it's like the dog will like this and based on the fact that he can't remember his own very simple email address it's obviously very <laughs> very old <laughs> Or very addicted to drugs. <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> oh, so you're just so ageist, Johnny. You assume that an old person isn't cool enough to get addicted to all the best drugs. Yeah. Obviously, they can do it. They can do whatever they want. They're actually powerful they, in a lot of ways. They obviously peddle in drugs because they can just drop 40 plus dollars in cash on Pizza Hut. On joke pizzas. Right. Oh. <laughs> Charlie, I think it's time for our next segment. Okay. Now, this segment has an important question at the top, and I honestly have no idea how you will answer it, and it will shape everything that follows. 
Are you familiar with the E-40 song, Choices? Mm, not by name. I don't know if I'd listen to it if I would hear, you know, recognize it. Okay. Should well, I listen to it? Yep, edit point. Uh, listeners, I recommend, it's not even an edit point yet. Listeners, I recommend uh, that you do the same thing if you would like. It won't be required, but a great opportunity here to pause the podcast and then listen to the E40 song choices. It's on all the major streaming services. And then uh, after you've done so, feel free to come back. We're going to talk about it. And we're back. Uh, now, we, we had a little listen, and Charlie believes now he is actually more familiar with this song than he previously thought. Is that correct? I definitely heard this song before, but I don't like know the lyrics like off the top of my head. But I kind of know how it goes. I did not know of this song at all until recently. I heard about it uh, on a podcast. And then perhaps, as you just did, I paused the podcast and listened to the song. And then I came back, and they were just like, well, it was just a passing reference, and they didn't say anything else about it. Uh-huh. And so I had uh, – but I had now found this song that I really liked. And uh, so, Charlie, what would you say is the general premise of the song Choices by E-40? It's about things that you did or didn't do. So, yeah, very much. It is It is uh, a, li- a, a series of yes or no questions. Yep. And the answers to which E-40 attempts to, like, demonstrate the quality of his character by how he answers those questions. And so, for example, early on, uh, he says that, have you ever helped out a brother when he was down on his luck? And the answer is, yup. But on the other side, you a sap? And the answer is no. I think this is, I don't understand why this isn't its own genre of music. There are so many types of people out there and it's such a good way to convey yourself it's just it's, it's like the the myspace quiz of music <laughs> and instead of just shouting like i'm like this like like you don't have to you can show not tell you can demonstrate who you are by how you answer these questions and which way you go on each one uh the second verse i think is especially strong are you lazy no have you got dick that'll drive a hoe crazy yes are you a traitor? No. Are you loyal to my soil, not a faker? Yes. <laughs> Do you sleep? No. Now that right there. <laughs> you want to talk about people who are like, like, is this like him acknowledging vampirism. rampant drug use or vampirism? Both great options. Uh, I also really enjoy, uh, there's a certain part, part foreshadowing in the middle. Scared of the dark? Nope. Have money, have heart. Yep. And then the next two lines are narc. Nope. And shark. Yep. Except, do you do you, are you familiar with E40? Do you know a lot about E40? I didn't even know the name of the guy that sang that song until just now. I want to say he's from like the Bay Area, but I could be totally wrong about that. I'm not sure. Either way, he has got some accent stuff that pops up occasionally. And when he says narc, and shark, it is straight up nork and shark. Mm. It's really cool. Nork, nope, shark, yep. Uh, I also especially appreciated still live in the trap, nope. You ever go back, yep. 
wear a wire and a camera? Nope. This is a very presumptuous line of questioning. So, <laughs> like, you go back to the trap, right? You like, yeah, sometimes. Like, with a wire and a camera? Of course not. You think I would say, yeah, that's what I like. To I'm just <laughs> chilling on the weekend. You know what would be fun? Let's go back. Let's go in there to that house where they're selling the drugs, and I'll just take a wire and camera and see if I get some people in fucking jail. Mm-hmm. That would be a fun thing for me to do. But uh, as opposed to the wire and the camera, which is a no, ears to the scanner. Yep. So he, mm-hmm. he's very aware what's going on. He's not going to be surprised when he's back there hanging out. Do you think that this – so do you agree? Do you think this is a – the most obvious thing, people talk about this a lot, how despite being – Scene is so different. Uh, Hip hop and country secretly very similar. This seems like just as far as showing your quality as a person and what you stand for seems like such. And and obviously, there's a lot of country songs that are not so dissimilar from this. Totally do amount to just a list of beliefs or things you stand for. Um, Why isn't this more prevalent? Uh. Maybe just this song is so on the nose with it, where it's literally like a an interview, and it's an alternating yes-no question interview that it's so on the nose. But I would say that there's a lot of just hip-hop songs that are, uh, like you said, there's, there is a lot of hip-hop that's just like country, where it's like non-sequitur, just like, even if the whole song isn't, this, this is almost all non-sequitur, right? It's just like... Literally, like a another the next random question that was on a list, <laughs> but uh, uh, I don't know why other songs aren't so on the nose. It's got a real uh, unique cadence to it, right? Like yeah. it doesn't have it's real uh, monotone isn't right, but like consistent. I guess it doesn't have a lot of like the beat changes or tempo changes or anything. So maybe that just doesn't go over well usually, and this was an outlier that caught on. Maybe like in the studio, nobody's willing to like green light a song that sounds like this usually. But maybe because he's got that interesting, uh, the interesting pronunciation and stuff, it just sounds cool enough of him literally just saying cool words, real perfunctory like. I don't know anything about music. I do not know anything about music either, but I do know I like this song a lot. I'm very excited to continue listening to it and. Uh... It's, it's it's been in my regular rotation for a few days now, and I think I've I've just really been having a good time with it. I uh, will also note that I left out the important line. Like this is, I, I like how the questions change point of view sometimes, and sometimes they're very obviously setting him up for something. Ever squeeze the trigger? Yep. Like yeah, they're just they're trying to say you can brag about this, but then also at one point the questioner kind of ch- changes tack. Let me hold a couple dollars. No. Of course not. <laughs> so it still allows E forty to yeah. convey his opinion and how he how he interacts with other people, how his how he treats his friends, but without such a direct question. Like it's not do you loan people money? It's the questioner's like, How about some money? No. It's a no. Uh it's a great song. I really enjoy it. I think you should do a uh J forty sauce variant. Sauce remix, where you answer yes and no questions about podcasting, sauce talk, and your general life. You eat the ranch out the furnace. Yep. <laughs> Addicted to porn? Nope. 
You eat that ranch warm? Yep. <laughs> Do you accept Charlie's scorn? Nope. Uh, there could be an extremely detrimental segment, which we attempted to continue that for another five minutes. But yeah. That is out. Charlie, do you have any other things you definitely want to jump into? Mm. I uh, I changed office locations at work, and now I go to the gym two hours a day because my job is pointless. <laughs> Dude, that sounds interesting. Do you want to talk about that? There's a gym in the basement of my building now, and hardly anybody uses it. So I joined it, and by joining it, it means like I go in there, and there's nobody there, and I can just do whatever I want. And... I am like so far ahead of like what I need to get done for work most days that I can literally go down there from like 10 to noon, come back to my office and not even have a new email. And then by the end of the week, send like a memo to somebody and have them like gush about how grateful they are that I got so much work done for them. Wow. So my, my job's pretty boring, but I'm going to get just fucking ripped. Work out two hours a day, yup, while you're getting paid, yup. <laughs> I, I know normally he doesn't like to do two yups yeah. in a row, but I feel like that would convey a lot of pretty good stuff. I want to do it like a Leslie Nope double yep. <laughs> yup, yup. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's fantastic. What do you like to do when you go work out down there? I usually do like a half hour of lifting and then an hour on the treadmill, plus like some, some warm-ups, and I'm doing like rehab exercises for my hips still because I'm still going to physical therapy but I want to eventually when I get to where I want to be I want to like switch to bulking and switch it to like an hour of lifting and a half hour of cardio and if I hit my goals it'll be like this July or August it, it, I, it's difficult to continue doing a podcast now because I am mostly sitting here Hearing a line, okay, going to hit your goals, or I'm just goals, or I'm just goals. I need it. Yeah. Uh-oh, I haven't talked in like 10 seconds. Uh, So, good point, Charlie. It's like, I, I need, I'm not a, a gifted freestyler. I cannot just jump into uh, these perfect well, rhymes. It's not just, it's not just to think of a rhyme, because what happens is you think of a rhyme, and it's garbage, and then you're stuck on it, because you can't yeah. think of another rhyme, because my rhyme would be, Walk on hot coals. Nope. <laughs> hit, hit your weightlifting goals. Yep. <laughs> Need to it's, go to Lowe's. Nope. It's a rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> it just becomes like, what are your plans for this afternoon? <clears throat> Not impressive. Um, but much more impressive. And now, as I said before, that the E40 segment was somewhat predicated on uh, how familiar you were with the song, whether we'd have to look into it. This next thing is, is true as well. As I told you before we started, you were very excited to hear it. Uh, I have printed out three comic strips. Uh, do, do you enjoy the funny pages, Charlie? Um, I like memes. Like memes. Well, these aren't memes. These are comic strips, like I said, so try to catch up. They're like long-form memes, right? Yeah. Well, these are some of the longest-form memes around. Are you familiar <laughs> with Slylock Fox? No. It so sounds he, vaguely anti-Semitic. Well, let me tell you, I have 
written down. Uh, my first note for this is Shylock and the Nefrown. Because yeah. I did want to discuss that. But uh, to, to introduce Slylock Fox to uh, you and the listener, uh, my familiarity with Slylock Fox when I was a kid, when I was very small, I remember on Sundays we'd get, we'd get the paper delivered and I would be, my parents would like read the paper and I would be like, can I get the funnies? And I would always call it the funnies. And my parents would give me the, the section of the Sunday comic strips in full color. And it was always very nice. And I always read Slylock Fox. And it was a section in there. Total bullshit. Not a cartoon to begin with. Um, now, we, I, I, it appears that Slylock Fox is a daily cartoon. But the Sunday is the star, like it is with every every comic strip. But especially so with Slylock Fox. Slylock Fox is kind of like a craft project of the funny pages. It has several elements. Uh, and so during the week, they just throw out one of the elements. And nobody gives a shit about those. What everybody likes is the Sunday Slylock Fox. And so the, in the Sunday Slylock Fox, they'll have like, in, the, in their large area, they'll be like, uh, spot the differences between these panels. Classic trope, you see a lot of that. There'll be one of those, and there'll be like a little quit, like a trivia question, and then like there's always a how to draw. Like this one I'm looking at here has how to draw a happy pig, and it gives you three steps, and you go first you draw this shit, then you add this, and it's always bullshit because the last one is like, and then be good at drawing and add a million little details that you can't do because you could barely do the other things. You certainly can't do this and color it all in. Very difficult. Um, but then the star of Slylock Fox, and you'll note nothing I've said mentions a fox or any main character. Uh, Slylock Fox is a red fox uh, who wears a blue detective suit, uh, like uh, Sherlock Holmes. And <clears throat> he solves mysteries. And so every week, there are some rotating, there's a rotating cast and crew of characters. There's some good guys and bad guys, but he's always the star. There's always some little puzzle that you got to sort out. And there's a drawing that, give, that may or may not give you clues as to how to solve this week's, you know, what amounts to a riddle. But I remember being frequently infuriated by Slylock Fox when I was a child. Uh, and thinking that most of the time, the picture for the Slylock Fox thing had no bearing on the actual answer and that the actual answer was just impossible and it was just something you had to make up out of whole cloth and that like there was no way to get it unless you already knew the answer. So uh, does this sound fun to you? <laughs> uh, for a kid, no. For us to dissect now, definitely. I think I agree. So be, that dissection can begin with is Slylock, so I guess Slylock is kind of like Sherlock combined with Shylock. <laughs> and, and so Shylock, as far as I'm concerned, that, that is generally considered an anti-Semitic term, right? Yeah, it's a it's like a racist caricature of a Jewish character in a Shakespeare play, right? I think it's Merchants of Venice, but I don't really know anything else. I believe it's, I'm sure he was like a money lender or something, and everybody fucking hated him. I, think I so. don't understand why, where you get to Slylock, why you'd want to get to Slylock. Yeah. What adding 
maybe I'm missing something, but you know about fucking old timey stuff. I feel like if there was something obvious here, you'd be all over it. Why, Why not just we make it Sherlock this... Fox? Sherlock Fox sounds great. Yeah. In... Slylock is nothing. You've attached yourself <laughs> right. to a sinking ship for no reason. This yeah. has been around forever. It feels like, I mean, but are foxes known as, is that a Jewish trope? Is that anything? I don't think that's, I think that foxes are supposed to be sly, but I don't know why they don't just make him Sherlock Fox and it's like a fox that solves the, the puzzles and shit. I don't know. This has been going for a long time. Maybe they thought that like, it was just started so long ago that they were like, the Sherlock Holmes estate will sue us. I would but think it's if more it's like it's Slylock. We can sneak it past him. I would guess it's more like it was so long ago that a nakedly throwaway anti-Semitic thing <laughs> was basically like <laughs> a knock-knock joke. That would be to our credit. We will be more yeah. likely to be popularly received if yeah. we like, hey, don't worry. We also don't like this kind of person. Yeah. Uh, so not... I'm not necessarily throwing out accusations, but I'd love to see any evidence for why this is reasonable. Besides, we want to hitch our wagon to the most anti-Semitism. anti-Semitic character in literature. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I always remember the sucking. And then I went to see, I thought recently, a, couple, a week or two ago, I wanted to see, is it really that bad? I don't know why this popped into my head, but I wanted to go and look into it. And I did. I looked into it, and I found that uh, all these syndicated comic strips are that are out there are available on ComicsKingdom.com. And I went there, and I went back a couple of weeks, and I found the most recent Sunday Slylock Fox was fine. It wasn't great, but it it wasn't terrible. But then the previous one was awful and very much aligned with the. This is impossible. The answer is just you think of an answer and nothing that we're talking about here matters. Make up whatever you want. Very stupid. And especially the idea of that being a correct answer when it's just what someone made up without any without any prodding. But then so then I, I wrote down in my phone, Slylock Fox sucks uh, in my list of podcast uh, topic ideas. And then tonight I went back to accumulate uh, some more, some more comic strips so that we could talk about them on the podcast. Fucking paywall. What? You can only go back like ten days. It's unavailable. They think that people want to fork over the green for Slylock. Well, Charlie, I then forked over the green for Slylock oh, so that I could. Oh. <laughs> I love to pay for premium content. As I uh, now, so, I will say, premium twenty bucks. Did you drop like two hundo to get a, a one month Slylock subscription? Actually, I uh, got the free trial. Okay. And if I don't, and I set a reminder in my phone to cancel it. Yeah. But if I forget to cancel it, this will be two dollars a month. But unlimited access to comics. Maybe I like, should forget to cancel. If you're going to charge people $2 a month, why even bother? Uh, <laughs> that is a – this is a fun offshoot. But I remember – I just – I think you'll probably identify with this. The entitlement I often see in uh, the video game community that people have uh, – I don't know how familiar you are with Pokemon stuff, but they recently announced Pokemon Home 
and they came out with all this stuff for transferring your Pokemon between things, and they announced that it cost $16 a year. <laughs> and people lost their minds because it should be free. Yeah. And I was like, if you don't value this at a dollar and a quarter a month, you should definitely not buy it. Yeah. I if mean, you, if don't. you think that this isn't worth a dollar and a quarter a month or you can't afford it, definitely don't get it. Do not worry about it. Yeah. I, they, they, how, what do you mean you give a shit about a dollar and a quarter a month? They're monetizing a brand with the legs of Pokemon less per month than fucking Slylock. <laughs> My outrage with Slylock is not that it's that they want you to pay for it. It's that it's not that they want to be paid for their content. It's that no one should be buying that content anyway. So why are they trying to monetize it when at such a low amount of money when they should just make it free with ads? Well, it was in a newspaper. <laughs> in their defense, I did note that the paid content is not ad free. Oh, tight. Yeah. So when I went to, I went through and found some bad ones. And when I went to print them out, uh, my phone, now obviously there's some issues anyway with printing things off of iPhone. But it was like, okay, let me get that comic strip ready for you. It's only 14 pages. Page two had the comic strip. Page one was a bunch of fucked up formatting. And then there was like 10 pages of ads. Holy and then like shit. four pages of more fucked up formatting. Like Man. at the end, it was like the like the 13th page was like the Instagram logo for sharing. But the whole page. God. It's, what the it's, fuck? It's a mess. But uh, it's okay. I'm going to cancel Comics Kingdom unless I really like reading Slylock Fox or ads. I mean, where am I going to get this many ads? Yeah. There's no other place you can even get that many ads. So, Charlie, I have selected three Slylock Foxes for us to walk through. Now, again, these do contain spot the differences between the panels, how to draw whatever. There's also your drawing where apparently they show you how to draw something in the past and then a kid says like, I drew it. Check it out. And then it shows their version of it. We're skipping all that. We're just going to do the main mystery. And I have intentionally selected three that notably do not require any visual component. Oh, no. So you can theoretically try to participate. We're going to we're gonna need to make a good cut point here in case I can't do them so we can just <laughs> pretend like we never did this segment. I think that you will be – well, this is the system. Okay. Uh now, also, boy, this didn't occur to me before. The bad guy, though there's more than one bad guy in Slylock Fox. The bad guy in Slylock Fox is named Count Weirdly. And he is green and has a really big nose. Mm, excellent. Don't love that. But anyway, Count Weirdly is taunting forest citizens again. He says this metal drum is completely filled with a secret smelly solution. Count Weirdly claims the solution forms a stinky fog when it is exposed to air. Without opening it, how did Slylock Fox determine that the drum is empty? Because I was going to make a joke about it being store brand ranch dressing that tastes like jizz. 
<laughs> because it says Hidden Valley on the side. Something, something, ranch dressing jizz. Well, Charlie, unfortunately, the answer is Slylock tapped on the bottom of the drum and heard a hollow sound. <laughs> so nothing about what you hear in the clue is supposed to tell you. No. And again, just to sh- I'm showing you, you don't need to look this up. Unless, if you need to borrow my premium uh, Comics yeah. Kingdom account, login would, info. I assume that would be cheating, and I don't want to steal content creators like the racist people that draw the <laughs> strip. But I'm showing Charlie the picture now. There's nothing in the picture to suggest, like, like I started to call him Shylock. Slylock is not banging on the drum in the picture. There's yeah. nothing. Nothing happens. It's and just make up an answer. It's like Slylock drilled a hole in it and looked, and nothing happened. Right. He looked at the just, invoice. Whatever. Yeah. Slylock asked, "Is it full?" And he said, "No." And that was the like. Just make up your own answer, and you're right. I I assume that it had something to do with like the kind of gas that would have those physical properties would have to, I don't know, be under sufficient pressure that it would have like created a, a condensation on the outside or something. Well, that answer might teach a child something, so we can't use that. <laughs> he banged on the bottom. He just he hit it. And it what the like, fuck? No. <laughs> now, this one is... Well, this, this one's a little more weird. A thief stole Slylock Fox's car from the auto repair lot. Slylock tried to warn the thief that the car engine accelerates uncontrollably after being driven for five minutes. So let's just stop for a second. So <laughs> first off, not a problem, like not a thing a car can do. There's no like setting to be like, by the way, if I drive it for five minutes, make it accelerate uncontrollably. I yeah. guess that's what he was getting fixed. He was taking it to the recall for the brand new car that suffers from very predictable time-based catastrophic acceleration failure. Can you? I mean, this sounds like the premise of a bad action movie. That like you can only drive this car for five minutes. So, do you think that Slylock have like a timer in his car as he was bringing it to the auto mechanic, and he would drive it for four minutes and fifty seconds, and then pull over and stop over and over and over again? He has to type in four five nine into the flux capacitor and set it every time he starts driving it. It also doesn't matter how fast he drives it before it reaches that time. So he has to just fly to where he's getting. This does sound like it's it's like an active thing that like maybe Captain Weirdly or whatever put this in his car to fuck with them. It's not it would, like an accident if it's five minutes. It would it would be a great action movie because like the there would be like a fake out rising action in the first half of the movie where like you think they're not going to be able to stop driving because they know they need to. And then they do stop driving and everything's cool. But then near the end of the movie, someone decides to go past the five-minute barrier because it's worth the risk. And then it accelerates uncontrollably. <laughs> it's kind of like speed where they just have to keep going until they can... <laughs> Is that it? Like, there's no puzzle or... No, no, there's more. <laughs> here's, here's the puzzle. Dumb statement. <laughs> Unfortunately... The criminal croc, he's a crocodile. Cool. Didn't hear Slylock over the voice and music on the radio. How did Slylock get the message to the car thief before the engine went wild? He, uh, he went back into the car dealership and 
they were also working on a tractor trailer truck with a CB radio. <laughs> and he was able to get the CB radio to broadcast on an FM transmitter that they had at a nearby radio station and play and put it directly into the channel that he knew was already on and that he left on in the radio. You're very close. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Slylock called the radio station that the car was tuned to and the DJ warned the thief on the air. Nice. How do you think the radio would react if you called and said, will you stop playing this song and tell someone who stole my car that they have to stop driving because it's going to start accelerating soon? And the criminal was glad to pull over and be arrested during his Grand Theft Auto because he believed this outrageous lie. The cops called and said, I had to stop. (laughs) They said if I didn't stop running from them, I'd be in trouble. But if I stopped soon, everything would be okay. Yeah. He also managed to accomplish this entire uh, clusterfuck in less than the five minutes necessary. Yeah. Unbelievable. (laughs) Last Slylock Fox. Shady Shrew slipped a stink bomb into a box at the circus. The smell is driving away customers. Slylock Fox used some quick thinking to rid the area of the pungent package. Pungent package, here's a hell of a phrase. Nice. Slylock Fox used some quick thinking to rid the area of the pungent package. What did Slylock do? Is there a picture? There is a picture. Can I see it? It will kind of help in this one. This one, I was much less trying to illustrate uh, how cheating I think this cartoon is and instead illustrating how uninteresting it is. Here's the picture. Balloons. Why? That's right. It says, Slylock tied the clown's helium balloons to the box. The stench sailed skyward and away from the circus. Yep. This is how Slylock handles his problems. He's got, like, a box of stink spray, and he's just like, someone else's problem, who cares? I'll just launch it into the sky, and everybody else can deal with it. Slylock is a metaphor for uh, insidious American Zionism. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think it is outrageous to suggest. First off, if you can go over there and lean in and tie balloons to it, why can't you just pick it up and take it away? Yeah, or put it into a bigger and bigger box as, like, Chernobyl. It, it, but then you'd actually be solving the problem. Unlike, it's in the sky and I can't see it anymore, so who gives a shit where it falls yeah. and what happens to these? You're not supposed to just launch helium balloons into the sky anymore, by the way. We try not to do that. They should they should put it inside a giant concrete block and then spray it down, <laughs> and then all the guys that had to spray it down will just, like, rot to death. You might as well just go in that box with the stuff. You'll yeah. be better off. Did you watch that Chernobyl shit on HBO? Good. What's that? So good. I really enjoyed it very much. Yeah. It was a very good time. Uh, much better than Slylock Fox. Those are my three cartoons. I think it's I think it's a big cheat. I don't think none of these answers make any sense, and it's very easy to conceive of other answers that make as much sense. I would I would be very 
trepidatious about exposing a child to this because it's infuriating to not be able to get any of these right, but to be convinced that they're, that you're supposed to be able to figure it out when you can't. Well, maybe I'm the example of what turns out if you do that. I, I remember specifically when I was a little kid, there being one, and I, I, it's possible there was some clue in the cartoon that I missed, but I swear there wasn't. And I asked my mom about it, and she was like, yeah, this isn't a very good cartoon, where it was like such and such happened at whatever time. How did Slylock Fox know what time it happened? And it was like uh, church bells rang because it was noon, and you could hear him nearby. I was just like, how the fuck was I supposed to know that? Why? Why? Right. Why? There's no, there's no church bell in the thing. There yeah. might have been a church, but it's just like, yeah, you heard some church bell. It's like you have to put the information in the cartoon. You have to give it to me to find. You can't just say make a like. Oh well, Slylock looked at his watch. He just he he built a sundial. I don't know. Who fucking cares? You're not actually doing the work. So you know how there's like mystery stories where if you read them, you're supposed to be able to kind of figure it out like what happened before you get to the end if you pay attention to everything. Mm-hmm. That's like the American-style mystery story. European style, including Sherlock Holmes, they were just more like any other novel where Sherlock Holmes figures it out and then he like surprises you with the solution at the end. And he does ha- figure out clues, but the author doesn't tell you the clues as you go. That's just an interesting reveal at the end. Mm-hmm. And this sh- Slylock shit is like... Having your friend read 80% of a Sherlock Holmes story <laughs> and then asking them over and over again if they can figure it out when there's no way to do it and then telling them the last 20% about all the clues that Sherlock Holmes would be <laughs> and then tell, but doing this to like a six year old kid and making them feel like they're stupid because they're, they can't figure it out, but it's not written that way. You're right. It is combining those two styles in a way that is fundamentally unfair. Yeah. It's assuming it's, it's the American one when it is in fact the European one. Yeah. And then just laying it at your feet when you can't solve it. I wish I'd never read this. I'm going to cancel my subscription to uh, comicskingdom.com. They're not getting my money. I hope this is a real website because, like, they do have my credit card number. Oh, that website's not going to work when you try to open it. They're like, oh, yeah, we were down for about uh, eight days, motherfucker. Keeping <laughs> your $2. It's going to be like, when you open it, it's just going to be like a, one of those. Uh, Viruses where it's like, uh, if you want your credit card information back, you're gonna have to like give us your bank account number and <laughs> like a, a hundred, like fifteen hundred dollars or something. We'll unlock your credit card account. I really hope that isn't true. Uh, Charlie, we have time for just one last segment. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? <sighs> Drawing a blank. Working for the government, I guess. Are you enjoying that? I mean, not really, except for going to the gym. Gym sounds good. Yeah. Oh, I, I think not having anything to plug is like an admirable thing. It's, it's, a, it's a sign of like you are at like an enjoyable stasis, neither too high nor too low. I'm I'm the real hero. You are the real hero. I do have a plug. Uh, I over the weekend I rewatched the. Uh, Michael Bolton Big Sexy Valentine's Day special on Netflix. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> I don't think so. It's pretty fun. It's It was directed by uh, 
Scott Ackerman and one of the guys from Lonely Island, and the Lonely Island guys are in it, but Michael Bolton is obviously the star. And it's just basically a series of weird variety show-type sketches about Valentine's Day. I remembered it very fondly. Rewatching it, I was very surprised at how hit or miss it was. Mm -hmm. Many major misses. But I do have a plug in that if you are a fan of the uh, Tim Robinson I Think You Should Leave show, on Netflix, you will be happy to learn that uh, Tim Robinson makes an appearance and does a sketch that could 100% just be a uh, well, to me, well above average sketch from I Think You Should Leave. Uh, and it takes place with about 29 and a half minutes left in the uh, Michael Bolton big sexy Valentine's Day thing. So if you want to watch that, if you're like, man, I wish there was one more. Uh, Tim Robinson sketch to tide me over until season two of that happens whenever that happens you can just go watch this and you'll have a great time and it's extremely funny nice so if you haven't seen that check it out Charlie thank you so much you've been an excellent guest I've had a great time thanks as always Johnny best wishes in the intervening days